Welcome back to a Modern Man podcast. I'm your host, JD Farrell, and we're presented to you by the Modern Podcast Network. I just want to start off today by saying thank you for Christina Morales. That's who you're going to sp- listen to today as she tells me about the journey that her and her husband Brandon have been going on for over 16 years and she you know shares her personal journey and that's something really raw and emotional and personal to her so I'm happy that she's sharing that with me and that you all get to be a part of that but before we get into that for my monologue today I want want to rewind it back and talk a little bit some pop culture ish ish entertainment pop culture it's kind of like a mini rant on the streaming services. I feel like Netflix has been taking advantage of us. Giving us premium, excellent content, spoiling us for years. And lately, I have just not been impressed with the content that Netflix has been putting out. So I'm going to run through. I'm going to give you my top five of the big content producers. And kind of show you some of my favorite shows they've been producing and just... What the fuck has Netflix been doing? Because Netflix is not where they used to be. Netflix was number one at the top, the leader, bringing you anything great, the water cooler shows, everything you wanted to talk about. And I just don't, I can't remember the last time Netflix produced a water cooler show. Honorable mention, okay, we're just going to name them because they are streaming services. Doesn't mean that they deserve to be in this fucking conversation. Doesn't mean they deserve to be in this conversation. But we got Paramount Plus. Haven't even tried to turn that on. Peacock. Haven't even tried to turn it on. CBS All Access. Haven't even tried. YouTube TV. Haven't even tried. And Apple TV. Have been subscribed because I got an Apple product, but have not watched anything on there. Nothing has been worthy of watching on any of these networks. So they don't even get any type of mention. And these are the big five we're running through, okay? We're running through the Netflix, the Hulu, Prime Video, HBO Max, Disney Plus. I'm giving you my top five. Before I give you the specific, before I give you the specific five, let me just tell you what's been hot. Okay, what has been hot? All right, we know the Mandalorian the past year or so. All right, it's what have you done for me lately? Not what you did for me five six years ago. Netflix. Okay, what have you done for me lately? The Mandalorian is hot. All the Marvel shows from Loki, Captain Falcon, Winter Soldier, WandaVision. Those are shows that I want to go and watch the day they come out. All right. And then look at this list. All right. Invincible. Great show. The Tomorrow War. Great produced movie. Homecoming. Them. If you haven't seen the show Them on Prime Video, you got to. If you like scary, intense, great show. One Night in Miami, The Boys, Without Remorse, the Michael B. Jordan movie. Prime Video is producing some amazing content. Amazing content. HBO Max, that's a session. I mean, I used to, I really like Selena and Chef, but then it's like, eh, what else do they got? Netflix, I mean, Ozark feels like it hasn't came out in three years. The only thing I've watched, I feel like recently in Netflix, that's, has been good is The Serpent. 
And it's not like everyone's watched The Serpent. Has it been something I can be like, oh, have you seen The Serpent? Yeah, it's been like one person has seen it. So here's my top five. Number one. No, no, let's start in reverse. Let's start in reverse. Number five goes to Hulu. I don't know what Hulu is producing itself great. I think they've been bought, sold, bought, and sold. I don't know who, who is producing content for Hulu, but... I do watch stuff on Hulu. That's why they get honorable mention. Because I do watch a lot of stuff on Hulu. Number four is HBO Max. I do go to HBO Max. I've been watching like the real uh, adventures of the old Christine with, uh, what's her name, Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld. I really like that show. But besides that, HBO Max has not really had... That I still need to watch this session. I know everyone says you need to watch it. I'll watch it eventually. I got some time coming up. Quick. Number three. Number three. You're going to be surprised with this. Number three goes to Netflix. Yes. The once number one top dog unquestioned leader in this field is now number three. Because what have you done for me lately? What have you done besides the serpent? You know? Some stupid, I mean, not stupid, but I feel like what? Only thing is reality TV shows they've been producing lately. So, come on, Netflix. Step your game up. Because number two goes to Prime Video. Yes. Because in my opinion, Prime Video has turned into the HBO Max of streaming. Or not the HBO Max, the HBO because HBO used to be prime great content and anything I knew that was coming out of HBO was going to be great content. Like whether I cared about the topic of the show, like it could be women doing nails in a nail salon and just being boss ass bitches. But if HBO produced it, I knew it was going to have a great script, great acting, great set designs, great light, just everything that comes with making a great show. So I trusted HBO and I watched it. HBO just used to HBO just used to produce so much better content. And now I'm starting to put Prime Video in that light. Like anything, I'm going to rewatch stuff on Prime Video that I maybe surpassed cuz I was like, "Hmm, maybe it's not that good, but now I have trust that Prime Video is going to deliver." Just like the modern network, the prime video is delivering. And then number one, obviously, the only one remaining is Disney Plus. Have you seen Luca? Oh, my God. I loved Luca. I'm going to watch Luca again. You know, I'm almost a 30-year-old black man watching Luca by himself. Soul. told you. Anything that Disney Plus puts out is a hit. I still stand by my friend, co-founder of the Modern Podcast Network, Stephen Merriweather. He doesn't like to give me the cred, but I said a good 10, 12 years ago, I was like, I see Netflix doing pretty good, but Disney has the largest library of any company. And I was like, why don't they have a streaming service? Because they would easily be the most popular service out there. And lo and behold, come 2021, 
Disney Plus has the most popular new streaming service out there. So I do stand by that. Uh, yes, I wasn't an executive at Disney, but I should have been. So we got one Disney Plus, two, the new HBO Prime Video, three, the once great Netflix, four, HBO Max, five, Hulu. That is my order of the current streaming services. Now on to the wonderful interview with my ex-boss friend, Christina Morales. I'm so happy for the second time to have Christina Morales on. The last time was a little lighter subject and this time we're talking about a little serious subject. So how are you doing today, Christina? Or Chris, I'm good. sorry. How are you? Good. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start off, you know, we're obviously talking about Brandon, his illness and everything going on. And you want to just kick it off, talk about, I guess, where you were in life when you got the diagnosis, age, career-wise, like state of y'all's relationship, everything, because I don't even know this. Okay. Yeah. So um, Brandon's had diabetes since he was a small child. He, since he was like six, he was diagnosed with diabetes. So um, Brandon and I had just had a brand new baby in December of 2003. And in about March or April of 2004, um, Brandon went into renal failure. And so uh, we went to the doctor, routine kind of checkups and things like that. And then they told us, you know, look, he's in uh, renal failure, not in stage, but it's something that we need to track and, and things like that. Um, I had graduated from college by this point in my life. Actually, I had just graduated. Um, and Brandon and I both worked for Outback as hourly employees. Um, so it was kind of a, like, oh, wow, what do you mean? Um, yeah. What does this entail? Because I had never gone through anything like that before. Uh, did he have insurance at the time? I know I'm that. sorry? Did he have insurance at the time when you found out that uh, he was about to go through renal failure and everything? So we were really fortunate that I did have insurance throughout back because once Jesse was born, the new year had started um, that January. So we were able to get on Outback's insurance. And so that was that was um, a blessing to say the very least. Our bigger issue at that point was that, you know, they said, look, if if and when, because Brandon's going to need a double transplant at this point, um, yeah. that surgery is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So of course my mind is like, wait a minute, like yeah. where, who has that kind of money and like, how do we even start to pay for it? So I guess they told you initially you went in uh, his renal failure and they just said, eventually he'll need a kidney or they didn't give a mm -hmm. timetable, anything like that. Not really. So your everyone's body works differently, your internal organs and things like that. So some people can be in renal failure for um, years and years. And it just means, you know, that your creatinine levels are a little bit higher, your kidneys don't filter your blood out quite as good as you know, you or I, um, and things like that. And then depending on your lifestyle, or the other health issues you have and things like that, it'll progress. Um, Brandon's unfortunately progressed pretty quickly. So within 18 months, sorry, my cat wants to come in here too. Um, <laughs> so within 18 months, Brandon was in, in, in stage renal failure. Um, so he was put on the transplant list. Um, unfortunately, Oklahoma's transplant list are very long and vigorous and, um, 
And I, I don't even know why, honestly, like it just, so we decided um, to go to, to Houston um, to get the, on the list there. Um, and then 18 months later, they called us on April Fool's Day and said, hey, we have organs, like come down. So it was awesome. Okay. And did, was that 18 months from 2003 from, or 18 months from April Fool's of this year? Or so that was, so it was, it was start to finish when he went into full-blown renal failure. That was about... November of 2004. And then Brandon was first transplanted with his first double transplant in April 1st of 2005. Was his so what's first the double transplant. transplant? You say the double transplant. Mm -hmm. He got a new kidney and a new pancreas. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. and so he didn't have diabetes or renal failure for about six years. But eventually that kidney and pancreas, what break down because different organ in his body didn't pair correctly with it? Or what was the process there? So he never went into full-blown rejection. Um, we were super blessed. Um, Brandon's new organ started working within 12 hours of the initial transplant, which is like unheard of. It was amazing. Um, but he was young and strong and, um, he came off of all insulin. He wasn't insulin supported at all. Yeah, uh, awesome. No dialysis. I mean, he literally could go back to living a pretty normal life. He just took about 20 pills in the morning and about 17 at night so that the organs didn't go in rejection and things like that. It just brought his immune system down. And then yeah. about six years later, his pancreas failed. So he yeah. went on um, insulin again. And then about two and a half to three years ago, his, uh, his other kidney failed. And so now you're on a list to try and get another kidney, another pancreas. So you cannot get another um, pancreas. So in a lifetime, you can only have one double transplant. Um, yeah. Interesting enough, they don't take your old organs out. They leave your old organs in there and then they just add to it um, because of where they connect and scar tissues and things like that. Um, they don't extract any organs that they put in. Um, okay. So he can only get one more transplant for a new kidney. And you're on the list waiting in Houston for that one. We are actually on the list in Medical City, Dallas, for that one. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And all right. Do, is this pretty common for people with diabetes? This or just depends on your body as his special circumstance? So Brandon, um, he, Brandon has type one diabetes. So there's two types of diabetes, type yeah. one, type two. So Brandon w had a juvenile onset and he got it so young and, you know, uh, honestly, young kids, you know, they don't, they don't want to wear their insulin pump. They don't want to yeah. eat the right things. They don't want to. So all that wear and tear that's on your body, it causes your blood pressure to go up and your heart to enlarge. And it just kind of trickles down from there. So you do yeah. see a lot of people that have uncontrolled diabetes, it'll eventually go into like renal failure or other organ issues. Okay. And that could be someone who may lose a limb or something from diabetes as well. That's mm -hmm. kind of like a similar thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And since the six years after uh, the organ started to kind of the wear and tear started to fail, uh, what are some of the things that Brandon deals with on a daily basis that like a normal person doesn't have to deal with those problems? Um, you know, so Brandon, 
is a man. Brandon's just a trooper. So a normal day, I tell, you know, people uh, that ask or whatever is nine times out of 10, Brandon's sick at some point in the day. Um, whether it's in the morning or the night, his body doesn't filter correctly. So all of those toxins and things just sit in his body. Um, so he's sick, like a, like a pregnant person sometimes (laughs) like, so morning, night, um, after he eats, before he eats. Um, and then he can only intake 12 ounces of fluid a day because he doesn't produce any urine at all. So, um, and that's with your food or anything. So generally everything has water in it if you cook it in water or whatever so he has to add all of that so if he has rice you know that's two ounces of his fluid intake for the day um so we try to keep him at 12 12 fluid ounces or below because even at that he'll start to swell so his eyes will swell um his behind his lungs will swell um so that so he has that. Um, he has a special renal diet that he has to, to abide by. Um, he has doctor's appointments anywhere from one to two doctor's appointments a week. Um, he has three and a half to four and a half hours of dialysis every day that he does. We hook him up to dialysis every single day. And then, of course, he owns a business as well. So after he's done doing dialysis and getting sick and everything else, he goes over uh, and coaches his teams. Wow. Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, how does his body stay hydrated with only being able to take that little fluid a day? It's hard. And it's especially hard during the summertime because I don't know if you've ever been to our facility, but it's not, it doesn't have central heat and air. So in the summer it can get super hot inside of there. And, um, and so sometimes he doesn't feel well because his organs are wanting more, you know, substance and they just think you can't give it to him. Yeah. Oh. And I saw recently, you can't have Mountain Dew before. What were you, was it cause he can't even have a full can. Was he sneaking a can of Mountain Dew or were you only giving him like six ounces? <laughs> no. So his doctor is very adamant about no soda, no soda at all. Like find something else, especially yeah. not diet Mountain Dew. She said that that's the worst thing ever for you. <laughs> so yeah, he would try to sneak. And then of course, Jesse would try to sneak him in this or that because you know, she feels bad for her dad and yeah. she doesn't understand. <laughs> okay. I guess now for you, cause you're along this journey as well. What is kind of the hardest thing for you along this journey or some things that you have to deal with besides maybe taking them to appointments and things like that? Uh, you know, I think it's just that, like, it's, you know, you know, me as a, on a personal level. And one of my big things is I like to control situations. You know, I want to be in control of anything and everything that I can. And one of the hardest things is that you can't control this. You don't know when he's going to get sick. You don't know what medical attention he needs. You know, he'll go to a doctor's appointment and I can't go to all of them because, you know, of my job schedules and things. And then he'll call and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to have a surgery real quick, you know? And you're like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, so that's hard. You know, it's hard to watch, um, the pain that he goes through every day um, because it is painful. Uh, I was trained to dialysis port him here at my house. Um, I'm very, very blessed that I have the opportunity to be able to pay for those types of things. So um, I put needles into his arm every single morning um, and, and it hurts, 
it hurts mm. him physically. So of course, for me, that's hard because I, yeah, I don't want him in pain. Um, and then, you know, Brandon is, is probably the strongest person I've ever met in my entire life. And it's hard to watch him push himself as much as he does. Um, knowing that, you know, if he's at a game for 10 hours, you know, with those girls and that's where he wants to be and what he loves to do, but he's going to be sick later. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to have to be that person. That's like, okay, you, you know, you can't do that. <laughs> well, I, I have a newfound respect for both of you just knowing what you constantly <laughs> are going through. Right. And is there anything that you want to talk about of Jesse's experience through this with her dad? And you know, I think that so Jesse's dealt with this since the day she was born. Um, and I think that as a mom or a parent in general, I think that you want to teach your kids lots of things in life, right? And you want them to grow to be upstanding citizens and and at you know, whatever age that is, you send them off and you're like, Man, I really hope that they know what's right and wrong and things like that. But I think for Jesse, um, she's had to learn to face adversity. Um, she knows firsthand what strength looks like. Um, I think more than anything else, um, she is a living testament of, of God's grace and the blessings that we have in that faith. You know, I was raised Catholic and we were in catechism school every Wednesday and every Sunday we were at mass. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, Jesse doesn't go to mass as much as she should and things like that. But knowing um, that she has that relationship with God uh, and knowing that she doesn't question what we go through on a day to day basis ever um, is, a, is a very strong faith uh, basis for me that, that she's been taught. Um, and I think, you know, everybody has a story. And I think that this creates that belief in Jesse to know that everybody has a story. So she, you know, tries to feel somebody else's pain or their strength or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I'm super proud of her. And I know that it's hard. A lot of, I don't know very many kids that have to deal with what Jesse does on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. I hook Brandon up to dialysis every day and her job is to unhook him every day. Um, and not many people have to do that yeah, if you're, yeah. you're not a nurse. So <laughs> Okay. And now we talked about Brandon and you're on the donor list in Medical City. All right. Do you know how far you are down on that list? Is there a timetable so, for like number of people, stuff like that? Not really. So the thing about um, being on an active donor or I'm sorry, an active transplant list is that uh, lots of different things go into that. Um, so you have um, living donors and you have deceased donors. Um, you also have where you stand um, health-wise. So if Brandon gets put in the hospital, he becomes inactive on that list. Um, if Brandon has a surgery, he becomes inactive on the list. So unfortunately, right now, Brandon's inactive on the list because he has to have another surgery in the next couple weeks. Um, so he's inactive currently. And then once he's healthy enough and they feel good about going back into surgery, he'll become active on the list again. The fortunate thing is that he doesn't drop. It's not like, okay, you're inactive. You go to the bottom of the list. He'll stay yeah. where he's at on the list. Um, but Brandon now qualifies to, to have a living donor. 
Um, so that's what we're actively pursuing right now is I was tested. Um, our daughter can be tested in um, December when she turns 18. Uh, some family and friends have been tested to try to match as a living donor because that's going to be his best bet right now. Um, people that need double transplants and things like that, they're higher on the list uh, for deceased donors. So we're just waiting on a living donor. Um, there's about any, any given year, there's about 110,000 people across the nation that need transplants. And 80 to 85% of those are kidneys. Um, kidney patients have the largest need for organs. Um, so he's kind of a small fish in a big old pool. <laughs> so. And how many people are signed up? Like, I know a lot of people aren't giving blood, but how many people are signed up to be organ donors, especially? So I know that in 2019, they don't really have active data for 2020 because of COVID. Um, mm -hmm. But in 2019, there was only about 28,000 people that were active organ donors um, and like living, living donors yeah. and things like that. So, which was, it's alarming to me because I'm like, I just thought everybody marked that on their card, you know? Yeah. I know. Um, just why not just check it? Yeah. But it's, it's very, um, it's very eye opening to kind of go through it. Um, Brandon's first organs came from a um, 16 year old boy and he had just gotten his license and things. So um, he didn't have his uh, donor uh, check marked either. So his parents were able to make the decision um, that gave us those organs later. But I just think that sometimes people just are in such a, a hurry in life that mm -hmm. sometimes I don't, you just don't see it. You know, yeah. I think that I had to go back and check my card. I'm like, did I check that box? Cause <laughs> um, so I think it's just awareness. Yeah. Is there any th difference between checking that for like your driver's license and being a living donor? Like, is there like, how do people need to sign up to be a living donor? Do you know how? Yeah. So the, there's, um, on your driver's license, that's like, if, you know, you know, if you got into a car accident or you mm -hmm. died or something like that, that's the, where they're going to go to the go-to for, cause you can only harvest organs for so long. Most people have their driver's license when they check into a hospital or something like that. But to be a live donor, you can go to organdonor.gov and you can fill out the paperwork and then, um, they'll kind of put you in a listing and then you do a workup. So you'll go and do like blood work and things like that. And you can kind of check mark whether you want to be like just a donor period. Um, so for instance, uh, we have a friend of ours that's doing a workup for Brandon, but if he's not a match to Brandon, they'll put him in this organ donor list so that we can swap an organ. So if they find an organ for Brandon in Ohio and you know, this matches that, then they'll just swap and Brandon still gets an organ. Nice. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely sign up to be a live donor just because why not, you know? <laughs> well, thank you. I tried everything in my power and I know that you've kind of followed my journey as well, but when I first went, they said, Hey, you cannot be a donor. You, you weigh too much. Your A1C is off this and that. And I never looked at my, like, I'm always like, yeah, I could probably not eat that hamburger or go run for a little bit or whatever, yeah. but I never looked at myself as just unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And when they told me that I went on this, you know, running and uh, gym journey and things like that. And 
I dropped 41 pounds and I went yeah. back and said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to get tested. And they said, your A1C is still too high. Everything else, you're so healthy, but your A1C is still too high. And it's just hereditary. It runs yeah. in your family and there's not a whole lot you can do to get it down, which I was devastated because I'm like, I would give Brandon any of my organs, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was hard, but we started a Facebook page for Brandon, um, the Be Strong Morales page, so that people can just share it out. And, and you know, if someone finds that that inside of them to go to the, the organ donating page, it could potentially, you know, give him more life. You know, 17 people that are waiting on a transplant list die a day. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, uh, it's, it's crazy. Like, I would never, ever, ever imagine that. And I guess, do most of the donors, do you have to be in near perfect health? I know you said with your hereditary situation, do you have to have almost a clean, you know, bill of health, no prerequisites of any type of pre-existing conditions? There's some things that they kind of write off to, you know, like, um, I, I think like, like blood pressure. Um, mm -hmm. If you're, you have, if you're like borderline on blood pressure, that's not like a, okay, no, you're out. Um, yeah. But I know that like A1C, um, lupus, diabetes, like all types of those things. Because Sickle they, cell, is that on there? I believe that might be on there. Um, yeah. But they, because it's targeted to your organs. Um, yes. So they don't want to take an organ from you and then you potentially have issues down yeah. the road. Okay. I thought it might have a problem with them pairing with just with your pre-existing conditions, your organ pairing with their body. Yeah, you know, right now they pair them on a point scale, um, but they bring your immune system down to nothing. So a lot of time that rejection, you don't see it. Brandon never saw it. Um, he was paired, you know, pretty well. Um, but now, like I said, I don't, I don't know what, how, what his odds are at this point of getting a deceased donor. So anything else you want to share about this journey, you and Brandon's journey before you leave us today? Um, I mean, I just, uh, you know, I thank you for getting the word out there. Um, I encourage people to go out and, and research the, that organ donor, um, give blood, you know, all those types of things that people I think sometimes are like, oh, I'm too young or I'm too old or, you know, you never really know until you try to do it. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, and just um, we have uh, many resources of, you know, if you want to be a living donor, even if you don't know anybody that needs an organ, there's uh, tons of um, transplant centers that you can Google and their living recipients will like get in contact with you. Most insurances pay for both, both things to be done. Like our insurance will pay for our donor as well. Oh, nice. um, so a lot of people I think look at it too. And they're like, man, I just don't have the money for that. Mm. Um, but it's at no cost to the, the donor at all. Um, and then, you know, I think just lastly, how truly blessed we are that so many people love and care about us on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, we have so many resources um, that, that people reach out to us and through my job and um, our teams. Uh, so it definitely takes a village um, to do anything, raise a kid, go through this journey. Um, so we just appreciate all of the love and support that we get every day. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely supporting you. I know all my friends are supporting you 100%, like always. Well, thank you. 
I thank you for coming, Chris. Thanks. All right. Bye. All right. I want to say thank you once again for Chris. Thank you for joining a Modern Men podcast. And thank you for sharing Brandon's story. Again, anyone. I just want to promote it. You know, you don't have to be special. You don't have to do anything crazy, but at least on your driver's license, check that to be an organ donor. Why not? You know, and if you feel called to do even more, go to organdonor.gov and register to be a live organ organ donor. Sorry, I can't talk. Organdonor.gov. That's where you can register to be a live organ donor. But again, thank you, Chris. And that's it for this episode of a Modern Man podcast. You can catch Fargo Watch Party with me and Stephen Merriweather again every Friday. And then a Modern Woman podcast with Brianna Donnell on Monday. But that's it for this podcast. I'll see y'all next week.